Chapter 7 Cassie Jake jumped out of that footprint like it was filled with rattlesnakes. We stared at the footprint. Then we looked up and stared at the alleyway that something had made through the trees. Then we stared at the way the leaves had been stripped from a lot of the highest branches of the trees. Jake, something ate those leaves, I pointed out. Those trees are like 30 feet tall, Jake said. There are a cluster of these same footprints over there, X pointed about 10 feet away. And all across there, it's as if the sand has been swept. Swept-ta. Swept-ta. Jake looked at me. Cassie, do you know anything that could possibly have made this footprint? Jake thinks I'm some kind of animal expert. I shook my head. What it looks like is some very, very large animal came through those woods. It was munching on the top leaves of the trees, like a giraffe would do. Then it hit the water line. It turned around. That's the cluster of prints there. And it has an insanely long tail. That's the swept area. Once it was turned around, it went back the way it came. A giraffe? Jake asked. Not a giraffe, I said. Jake looked a little confused. We all were, but he's the one who gets stuck making the decisions. I felt sorry for him. He'd been right to drag me away from those sea monsters. I should have told him that. But... Poor Rachel. Poor Tobias. What was I ever going to do without Rachel? Rachel had been my best friend forever. I couldn't imagine not seeing her every day. I realized I was crying. I guess I had been, on and off, since we dragged up out of the sea. I felt Jake's arm go around my shoulders. Don't cry, Cassie. Don't give up on Rachel and Tobias. You know Rachel. If there's a way to survive, she'll find it. I wiped away my tears. Yeah, you're right. And we have to focus here. He took his arm away and suddenly seemed awkward. I think he expected Marco to make some smirky remark. But Marco has a good heart. He knows when to let things go. Besides, I knew Marco was almost as sad as I was. What should we do, Prince Jake? Axe wondered. Have I mentioned don't call me Prince? Jake said automatically. Yes, Prince Jake, you have. Jake looked around. I guess we go that way, he said, pointing to the forest. But not along that path. Whatever crushed those trees and made these tracks, we don't want to run into it. But obviously, wherever we are, some island somewhere, Africa, South America, wherever we are, there have to be people, right? Just not here on the beach. So let's go find them. I found myself looking back at the sea, at the surf that lapped almost peacefully on the coarse dark sand. Was she still alive somehow? Jake was right. If anyone could get swallowed by a whale, or whatever that thing had been, and survive, it was Rachel. I caught a glimpse of a clearing way back in the trees, I said. Could be a village there. Jake led the way into the trees. The sun was shut out by the tall spreading branches. There were vines hanging down and crawling up the trunks of trees, and huge ferns so big you could hide in them. We struck a stream, maybe 15 feet across. Both banks of the river were lined by magnolias, dogwoods, and massive fig trees. This is not anywhere near being home, I said. This is more like tropical vegetation. It's humid enough, that's for sure, Marco complained. I wonder if the water is okay to drink, Jake asked. 
Then, with a shrug, he dropped to his knees and dipped his hands in. He brought the water to his mouth and sipped. I guess we can always get a bunch of shots for whatever disease is in the water, I said. I dropped beside him and tasted the water. The humidity hadn't seemed so bad down by the ocean, but now it was dehydrating me. I was massively thirsty. It's probably okay, I said. Usually running water, whoosh! A huge head exploded from the water. Snap! A jaw six feet long slammed shut with a sound like steel on steel. The jaw snapped shut so close to my face that it grazed my nose. I leapt back, fell on my butt, spun, jumped up, and bolted. That was one big honking crocodile, Marco yelled as he ran beside me. We stopped beneath a huge tree, four of us, all panting. That wasn't right, I gasped. Yeah, no kidding, Marco said. No, I mean it was too big. The jaw was too long and thin. I am really not liking this, Jake muttered. What were those things in the ocean? What made that footprint? Where on earth are we that has crocodiles that size? I mean, we've seen crocodiles. That was one way, way big croc. Prince Jake, I am going to demorph, Axe said. Have you been in morph too long? Jake asked with a frown. No, but I am frightened, Axe replied. I don't want to have to fight in this weak human body. Yeah, go ahead, Jake said. Cassie, I don't mean to hit you with this, but you know more about animals than any of us. Where the... where on earth are we? I don't know, I admitted. Giant crocodiles? Huge, aggressive whales or whatever? Like nothing I've ever even heard of. And something big enough to leave a footprint that you could turn into a wading pool? I just don't know. Okay, fine. He said, obviously frustrated. Let's try it another way. Axe, you know more about physics and so on than any of us. More than any human, Axe said. He was demorphing, but still mostly human. Whatever. Just tell me how an explosion could have blown us all the way to, I don't know, Madagascar or wherever, without killing us. Madagascar? Marco asked. It couldn't, Axe said simply. Great. Great! That clears everything up just fine. This is nuts, he sighed. He looked at me and shrugged. I don't know, I said. Maybe when we find some people, they can tell us where we are. We walked on, heading toward the clearing. The forest had become a frightening place to us. Everything was wrong, out of place somehow, in some way I couldn't quite explain. How had the storm and rain suddenly become humid sunlight? How had we gone into the water off a beach fronted by a boardwalk? and come out at a beach fronted by a forest. Maybe it's all a dream, Marco said, as if he'd been reading my thoughts. In which case, I like to dream about a nice, ice-cold Coke. He held out his hand, curved around an imaginary bottle. Hmm, so much for the dream theory. We were almost to the clearing now. I could see bright, buttery sunlight through the trees, but massive ferns blocked my view of the clearing itself. Let's get out from under these trees, I said. We'll think better in the open, and maybe there will be some people. Too bad they'll speak Madagascarese, Marco said. Shh! I froze. What? Shh! Listen! A grunting, snuffling sound to her left. 
Then the sound of greenery being rustled. Then more snuffling. The sound of... Eating? Something munching leaves, I said. There's been way too much munching already, Marco muttered. No, it's okay, I said. If it eats plants, it won't eat us. Could be a cow. If it's a cow, maybe it belongs to someone. And if it doesn't belong to anyone, maybe we can eat it. I'm starving. We threaded our way cautiously toward the sound. The closer we got, the more confident I was. Yes, something was grazing. But did cows eat leaves? No. Deer, maybe? I pushed aside the fern frond. And there it was. It was perhaps twenty feet long from head to tail. It stood on four elephant-like legs. It had a long neck that made up a third of its length and was balanced by a long tail of equal length. Along its back were bumpy, bony things, like armor plating that only covered that one area. For about two minutes, I don't think one of us drew a breath. We just stared. I think it's a baby, I said. A baby? Marco said. Cassie, it's a dinosaur. Suddenly, crash! 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 From behind us! The ground shook from the impact of its huge taloned feet. The blast of its roar shivered the leaves and buckled my knees. I spun around just in time to see it leap. It jumped over us like we weren't even there. Jumped over us with its awful hawk-like talons. It landed with one huge foot on the ground and one holding the side of the little dinosaur. Down came the head. That huge, square, familiar head. The Tyrannosaurus opened its massive jaws and closed them at the base of the baby dinosaur's neck. I didn't know what was happening. My mind was gone. Gone in out-of-control terror. We ran. Chapter 8 Rachel I was human. A human gasping for air inside the belly of the creature. My lungs were screaming and heaving. I was blind. My skin was burning. I was being pummeled, crushed, smashed, beaten. I was getting mad. I knew Tobias was there too, but I had no idea where. He wasn't thought-speaking. Morph, I told myself. But already I was weakening. The human body can't last long without air. I tried to focus, but my head was swirling. I wanted to just give up. Why fight it? I was done for. Not yet, you're not done for, Rachel, I told myself. Not yet. I might not survive, but by God, I was going to deal with this creature before I went down. From far off, I could sense the changes occurring. I knew I was growing, but too weak. Too weak. No time. No time. And once I dug out, I'd find water, not air. Air! I needed air! Some nagging part of my brain kept saying, Lungs! I felt like saying, Yes, I know. I'm suffocating. I know all about my lungs. They hurt. They're heaving, gasping, crying for air. And I swear, as I swirled down into the darkness, there came a voice, clear as a bell in my head. My own voice, but from outside my own head. No, you idiot, it said. 
Not your lungs. Duh. It was the weirdest thing. But suddenly, I could see myself clearly. I even knew that I was halfway morphed. I had blonde hair on my head and coarse brown fur on my face. I was crushed inside the gizzard of the beast. A tiny crumpled bundle of feathers was pressed against me. I could see it all. But better than that, I could see what the voice meant. I was enclosed in a cage made up of massive ribs. But right there, just a foot away, was air. I drew back my massive paw. The paw of a grizzly bear. A paw that could destroy a man with a single, backhanded swipe. I drew that paw back. I extended my wicked hooked claws. And I thrust that paw straight out. I twisted and pushed. The twist ripped and the power of my thrust dug my paw deep into the creature's insides. I heard it scream. It reverberated through the flesh that pressed all around me. I thrust and twisted. Another scream. A spasm that racked the body so powerfully it almost knocked me out. But I was not so easily crushed now. I was no longer human. I had finished morphing the grizzly bear. And not even this sea monster could digest a grizzly bear. With my last ounce of strength, I thrust and twisted. Air! Air poured in. I gasped for it. Air! I had done it. I had ripped a hole out of the gizzard and penetrated the creature's lungs. Tobias! Breathe! There's air! I went back to work, ripping now with both huge paws, digging downward to avoid the ribs. Suddenly, water gushed in. Salt water. Cold and wonderful. I kicked and clawed the opening till it was bigger. Then, I tumbled out. I hit bottom. I looked up, dazed and disoriented. The creature had beached itself. I was in no more than five or six feet of water. I stood up. My huge bare head broke the surface and I reared up on my hind legs. Tobias was fluttering weakly in the water. I grabbed him up as gently as I could with my bare paws. I lumbered toward the shore and set him down on dry land. Tobias, are you okay? Do I look okay? He asked. Well... Busted wing. Feathers a mess. Half my tail feathers ripped out or eaten away by stomach acid. I'm a definite mess. On the other hand, I'm alive. Yeah, I said. I reared up to my full height and took a look around. I could tell that we had run up into the mouth of a river. The riverbanks were steep on our side of the river. My pathetically dim bare vision could barely make out some vague shapes moving on the far bank. I sniffed the air. The grisly sense of smell is excellent. What I smelled was puzzling. I'm smelling... I don't know what. It's like something is missing. Like the air has been scrubbed clean. I smell various trees and plants, but... I shook my huge head. I don't know. Something I should be smelling. Only, I'm not. Tobias stood up shakily on his talons. Gar exhaust? The smell of fossil fuels burning? The faint smells of backyard pools and grease-belching fast food restaurants? The smell of human sweat, perfume... Garbage? In other words, all the smells of civilization? Yeah, exactly, you're right. I glared at him. Too right. How did you know? 
What's going on, Tobias? Well, my wings and tail are a mess, but my eyes are still working. I can see what you can't. You can't see smells. No, but I can see that small herd over across the river. That small herd of Hydrosaurus over there. What is a Hydrosaurus? I demanded. I was getting annoyed at the way Tobias sounded. Like he was saying something important, only he couldn't quite spit it out. Hydrosaurus were a group of duck-billed dinosaurs. Tobias, would you mind making just a little bit of sense? Dinosaurs? Yeah, and let's see. If I remember my old dinosaur books, those long-necked things in the river were a Lasmosaurus, and that thing that you just chewed a hole through was probably a Chronosaurus. Yeah, right. I waited for him to laugh at his own joke. Only, he didn't laugh. Dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs. Oh man, Tobias, we are going to need some better morphs. Chapter 9 Tobias I was in pain. I didn't want to mention it, though. What was the point? I had very few morphs, unlike the others. We were on land now. A dolphin morph wasn't any use. The only useful morph I had was my human one. But somehow, a human body seemed pathetically weak in a world of dinosaurs. At least in my own hawk body, I could fly away from danger. Unfortunately, my hawk body was a mess. Now what do we do? Rachel wondered. What about the others? Do you think they made it? I don't know. I tried to extend my broken wing. Ah! Does it hurt? Not really. I lied. High above me, the huge bear head looked down at me. Why don't you morph to human, then morph back to your bird body? The new hawk body will be constructed from the DNA and should be just fine. Just like what happens when we injure a morphed body. Okay. It felt weird going human. I'd only done it a few times since the elements gave me back my morphing power. Now I felt my feathers itching as they melted into flesh. My sight grew dim. My hearing became muddy. I rose up. Tall. Large. Clunky. Awkward. Human. At least the pain is gone now, I said. Now to get feathery again. A few minutes later, I was my normal, okay, my abnormal, self. Unfortunately, Ah! Ow! It just hurts worse! This makes no sense, Rachel said, sounding outraged. I laughed grimly. Rachel, in case you haven't noticed, our lives stopped making sense the day we walked through that construction site and had a spaceship land in front of us. Maybe it's some effect from the time travel, if that's what happened to us. I'll be sure and ask Axe if we ever see him again. Or maybe the Alamus messed me up when he gave me back my powers. It'd be a relief to think that guy is capable of screwing up. Then morph to human. We have to get going. Don't ask me where. No, I need to heal. That will take time. I have to stay in my own body for it to heal. But first, I need you to set my broken wing. What? I'm not Cassie. You've seen her do it. So have I. Oh, man. Rachel moaned. What am I going to use for bandages? Part of your morphing outfit. That and some twigs. Oh, man. Rachel said again. 
I wish Cassie were here. She began to demorph. The massive shoulders and head, the lumbering haunches, the shaggy fur, the huge powerful paws, all shrank and melted. Gradually, a very beautiful human girl emerged. Rachel looked down at her morphing outfit. It was a black, one-piece leotard. Okay, so I go to the bare midriff look, she said. She tried to tear a hole in the fabric. My fingernails are too short. Here, bend down. She bent close, and I used my beak to make a tear on the fabric. From that first tear, Rachel quickly ripped off three strips of black nylon. I have just one thing to say, Tobias. Don't break another wing. I mean, this doesn't look bad. It could actually be kind of a fashion statement. But any more, and we'd just be getting embarrassing. Hey, I'm a hawk, remember? I would never even look. Yeah, right. She gathered some toys that had been deposited along the river's edge. What do you think? These okay? Should be. Now look, all you have to do is straighten out my wing. Make sure the bone is lined up straight. Otherwise, it will heal crooked and I'll spend the rest of my life flying around in circles. Rachel looked alarmed. Just a joke, Rachel. I said. But silently, I added, I hope. She took my broken wing very gently. I can tell where it's broken. I'll straighten it, then put a stick on each side and tie it up. Right? Yep, nothing to it. Rachel took a deep breath. On the count of three. One. Two. Ah! I yelled. A sharp pain shot up my wing. Sorry. Sorry. She cried. Just get it over with. I yelled. She held the bone in place with one hand. It hadn't broken into separate pieces. It had just snapped. But it was agonizing. No matter how she tried, she couldn't keep from bending the bone slightly. She grabbed the two sticks with her left hand and managed to line them up against the bone. She transferred the pressure to her left hand, and there came a new wave of pain, so severe it made me sick inside. She quickly wound one strip around my wing. Tighter! I said. It'll hurt you. It'll hurt worse if my wing doesn't heal. She tightened, and I tried not to scream. The other two strips went on easier. She checked the knots, then sat back and wiped her face with the back of her hand. She was sweating and pale. I don't know how Cassie does things like that, she said. You did great. No training, no experience. Come on, you did great. She stood up, and for the first time, with decent eyes, looked across the river at the small hydrosaur sword. Oh my god, what is this, Jurassic Park? Probably more like Crustaceous Park. I think hydrosaurs were more common in the Crustaceous period. Rachel glared at me. I've known you a long time, Tobias. I don't remember you ever talking about dinosaurs. I was so into dinosaurs when I was little, I said. I was staying with my uncle at that point. He liked to drink. He'd sit in his lazy boy and start yelling at the TV and cursing, then yelling at me if I made any noise. I used to go into my room and sit there, playing dinosaurs. We started to climb up the bank of the river. Or, to be more accurate, Rachel started to climb, and I perched like so much dead, useless weight on her shoulder. It was a struggle to hold on without digging my talons into her skin. I'm sure I hurt her. But Rachel, being Rachel, said nothing. We reached the top of the bank. 
We were in a sea of grass that extended alongside the riverbank. Beyond the grass was a line of dark, forbidding trees. Here and there I saw flashes of color. Flowers. And then there was the volcano. Flowers, I said. Crustaceous period. So what's the difference between Jurassic and Crustaceous? Well, a lot of things. Crustaceous was the last age of dinosaurs. They died out very suddenly at the end of the age, about 65 million years ago. I mean, well, 65 million years before our own time. So in the Crustaceous age, there's probably just the leftover dinosaurs, not like the ones in Jurassic Park. Not exactly, I said. See, Jurassic Park was slightly inaccurate. I mean, some of the dinosaurs they showed were actually from this time, from the Crustaceous. She looked hard at me. You're not going to tell me what I hope you're not going to tell me, are you? Afraid so. If I'm right, and we are in the Crustaceous period, well, then, this is the age of the most relentless, powerful, dangerous, ruthless predator in all of history. This is the age of Tyrannosaurus Rex. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. I have a email this week uh, from Mika once again. Great to hear back from you, Mika. Uh, she writes in, Hi, I was so excited to wake up on Thursday morning and listen to a new episode during breakfast. Also very fluttered that you read my whole email, quote, on air. Your pronunciation of my name was better than many people can do, so thanks for trying, smiley face. I just remembered something else that makes me laugh every time you say it. Linoleum. The first time you said it, way back in the first books, I remember thinking that you seemed to be saying it very exactly. A number of episodes later, you mentioned that you had trouble saying the word, so now I grin every time it comes up. Looking forward to next week, and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, thank you, Mika, I hope you have a wonderful weekend as well. And you are correct, uh, linoleum is a word I struggle with, it's got a lot of sounds in there my mouth does not like. I think that's fairly common in, in English speakers, um, it's just a weird word, it's got a lot of vowels in it, but uh, yes, I, I do say it very precisely when uh, I have to, especially those first few times I got in a rut and I had like 15 outtakes of me just butchering the word linoleum, so I'm I had to slow it down, get it real precise, and that had to be good enough. Um, but I'm glad it brought you joy. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to write in uh, like Mika has here, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or theapodcalypse.com has a like write-in section, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I used Weebly to make, build that website, and they just gave me that for free. So, uh, Cool. Uh, if you use uh, Apple Podcasts and you'd like to leave me a rating review, I sure would appreciate that. I do read those. Uh, or if you'd like to just tell a friend about this, that'd be pretty cool too, you know. Or if you'd like to tell a friend about that, this, that'd be pretty cool too. Uh, I appreciate the organic growth. Other than that, um, oh, uh, as I mentioned before, my website's theapocalypse.com. Uh, be sure to check that out because I pay real people money for it. Um, it has all my sort of projects and things I do in my free time that keep me occupied. The main active one is uh, Into the Rewatch podcast. Uh, it's a rewatch podcast with my friend Jesse. We're currently rewatching 
the show Riverdale, which is a wild ride. Um, I think that is all I have this week. Um, I'm pretty hungry. My brain's a little addled. Um, so let's let's just wrap this up so I can go eat. Uh, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.